welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. This week, we continue in our series, Baggage. Let's hear what God's Word has for us from lead pastor, Antoine Lassiter. Uh, we are in the middle of uh, a sermon series, uh, Baggage. And uh, last week, we talked about the baggage of man and how oftentimes man can put uh, burdens on you um, as it relates to how we serve God. Um, We add to, if you will. And so we want to sort of uh, continue this, not sort of, but continue this series about baggage, um, letting it go. And today we're going to be focusing on uh, letting go of past mistakes. Uh, That can be a tricky one and a hard one um, because maybe uh, you have, uh, and I use this term purposely, maybe you have deconstructed from the restraints that man has placed on you. Um, Maybe that's not your thing, that you have come to realize that uh, you understand the grace of God, um, the power of who God is. So maybe that's not your thing. So as as we unpack Philippians chapter 3, um, we, we focus um, on last week. We focused on how Paul um, was uh, was a legalist in some sense before he met Jesus, and then he experienced the grace and the power of God. And uh, but uh, for some of us, uh, this one is going to hit close to home because we are wrestling with the fact of our past mistakes. Is anybody in the room that we have these past mistakes that we've made and how do we adjust? How do we stay uh, committed to the truth of who God is, but the real life consequences of those mistakes? Um, this is a, a, a quote that I came up with. Um, Life is full of surprises, laughter, and a never-ending supply of misplaced socks and mistakes. Um, and so oftentimes what we find ourselves in, if we're honest, that we move from mistake to mistake, and we never really uh, find that sock I'm sorry, I'm having challenges because I'm missing several of my socks thanks to my two sons, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I was reading about mistakes and I came across a tragedy that happened in 1919. Uh, It's literally called the Great Molasses Flood. Um, Somebody miscalculated and made a mistake And uh, it is what it sounds like in Boston in 1919, there was a tragic um, incident where uh, 2.3 million gallons of molasses flooded the streets of Boston. True story. Uh, Witnesses claim that, and it was verified, that the wave was around 25 feet high. Now, I like molasses like the next guy. Um, But that was disastrous. Um, True story. It not only damaged buildings, overturned vehicles, it caused 21 deaths. The great molasses flood of 1919, that the entire city was drowning in molasses because of a great mistake that an engineer made with the 2.3 million gallon tower of molasses. To this day, I'm kidding. But the challenge for that individual is seemingly a small mistake, a catastrophic um, 
uh, results. And many of us who have experienced this journey, this walking together, if you will, this discipleship journey, we are saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. But, the, but right now, where you are, those past mistakes seem to be trying to get your attention and to remind you of where you were. And this is what Paul is addressing in Philippians chapter 3. And that's what we're going to park with just for a few moments. Uh, Philippians, I tell you what, verse for the sake of continuity, I'm going to be reading from verse number 8. But we're going to really focus on verse number 12 through uh, 16. Uh, if you don't mind, could you please stand for the reading of God's word? Um, yeah, let's stand uh, let's read uh, verse number eight. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surprising value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and considered them as dung so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ and the righteousness from God based on faith. My goal, say my goal. My goal, my goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Not that I've already reached the goal, am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I have also been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, pursue as my goal, the pro I pursue as my goal, the prize promised, by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Father, I pray that you will bless uh, the reading of your word, uh, the, the, the sermon. I pray that it would find us and give us meat on this day that you have made. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul is pursuing the he's, he's pursuing the goal, and the goal is knowing Christ and becoming like him. He says, more than anything that I've, I have attained, I, I also considered everything is a loss. But the value of knowing Christ is greater than what I lost. This is what Paul is saying, and he goes on to say in verse number 10, my goal is to know him. And, and, and so I submit to you that the baggage that we carry, if we're not careful, will distract us, disrupt us, cause us to not know him. Your baggage, our baggage, it's important to let it go because I admit you have and I have made mistakes. Amen. And the whole church says, I'm, we made mistakes. We made mistakes how we've parented our children. We made mistakes in our health, our finances. We have made mistakes. We acknowledge the truth that we are not 
perfect. Just me, just us, just a few of us. That, that we understand that we've made mistakes. But Paul is reminding us to know him and the power of his resurrection is the goal. The goal that I can live past my mistakes. The goal is that, yes, I admit I haven't done everything right, but my goal is to pursue the knowledge of who he is, the power of his resurrection. And so Jesus spoke of the need to know in verse number John chapter 17 and 3. He says, this is eternal life. What's eternal life, Jesus? That they know you, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. In other words, if we want to grasp or take hold of what eternal life is, it is to know the only true living God and to know him through Jesus Christ. When a person truly knows Jesus, it is on a basis of relationship and they spend time with God and they talk regularly to God. First John chapter five, verse 20 says, we know that the son of God has come and given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. The Romans wrote, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You must believe that Jesus is Lord and that he has risen from the dead. And first Peter speaks of the reason that he paid for our sins by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord, repenting of sins, receiving God's forgiveness. Individuals like you and I can experience salvation and enter into a personal relationship with him. First Peter 2 and 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. You have been healed by his wounds. If we are not careful, the baggage we carry can prevent us from knowing Christ and the power of his resurrection. The goal is not to let the, goal is not to let the baggage that we carry keep us from Jesus. The goal is not to let the baggage that we carry um, keep us from being bound to what I did. I and you are free in Jesus. We're free. And I will submit to you that many of us are not experienced the freedom because we won't let go of the baggage we carry. The freedom is here by way of Jesus Christ. So we're going to focus on uh, verse number 12. Uh, not that I've already reached a goal or am already perfect. I go around the room and take a poll. Many of us will admit, not perfect, far from it. But Paul says, but I make every effort to take hold of it. I have also been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. The reason why many of us are challenged is because I know what he says about me, but I have yet to experience it. And so I'm entering into relationships holding what others said about me, reminding me of my past mistakes, yet he says I'm free. And I'm wrestling with what I've done with who he says I am. 
That's the baggage of our past mistakes. But, but Paul is teaching us to let it go, to let it go, let go. Verse number 13, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, everybody say one thing. I'm forgetting what is behind. And I'm reaching for, see what's crazy is, he says, I'm forgetting uh, what is behind and I'm reaching forward to what is ahead. I can't reach forward to what is ahead carrying my baggage. I have to decide either I'm going to hold on to it or I'm going to let it go. And I'm recognizing that if the enemy can, can keep us holding on to our past mistakes, we don't understand the experience. We, don't, we, keep, we will never experience true freedom. What do you do when your kids remind you of who you used to be? What do you do when the people who knew you way back when and you, have, you are being transformed and conforming to the image of Christ can only see who you used to be? What, what, if, what if what they said you did was actually true? Like, no more denying it. I mean, accepting the fact that Paul had to deal with the fact that, yes, he persecuted Christians. He could not run away from what he did. But the one thing Paul says, the one thing I do, I forget. You may remind me, but I forget what's behind me. And I reach forward because what Paul is sharing with us, he's experienced the true freedom that's only found in Christ. Yes, people still looked at Paul sideways. Yes, people still saw him as, uh, as uh, an antagonizer, an accuser. Uh, he attacked. He did not run away from his past. But he had a goal in mind to run to Jesus. So the first thing, and I came up with this acronym, let go. So let go. So the first thing we have to do if we're going to let go is learn from the past. Philippians chapter 13 and 14 of, of chapter 3. While the Bible does not specifically mention Paul experienced feelings of guilt, shame, and regret, it's likely that he did. Because in his letters, he often reflect on his past actions. And he acknowledges his former status as a persecutor of Christians. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 9, he literally says, for I am the least of the apostles. He even goes on to say, I do not even deserve to be called an apostle. Because I persecuted the church. In 1 Timothy 13 and 15, he describes himself as a former blasphemer, persecutor, and violent man. And then, and, and so we, we have this understanding, Paul has this understanding, I am what you called me. But he experienced the truth in who Christ was. I believe Paul was aware of his past mistakes and may have experienced feelings of guilt and shame as a result, but he also emphasized the importance of moving forward and focusing on his relationship with Christ rather than living through his past failures. Acts chapter 9, verse 26, when Paul um, became, a, became a believer, um, he, was, he described how many were skeptical of him. 
um, he was got he got invited somewhere, and the, and the Lord showed a vision. And the person said, "Wait, Lord, you talking about that dude who was killing us coming to my house?" So Paul had to deal with his past. Second um, Galatians, second Galatians, Galatians one. Uh, Paul himself testifies about his past as a persecutor of the church. He also, but he doesn't stop there. He also talks about his encounter with Jesus Christ. Second uh, Corinthians five and sixteen. Uh, he says, "Now from now on, uh, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer." This verse highlights the shift in perspective and the identity that Paul experienced in Galatians chapter two, verse six. Paul shares his interaction with other apostles in, uh, in Jerusalem, uh, despite their initial doubt. They recognized the grace that was given to Paul. And before we can experience the freedom God offers, it is crucial to acknowledge our past mistakes. We must recognize that we are imperfect, prone to errors, and wrong choices. However, through acknowledging our mistakes, we open the door to healing and growth, just as Paul admitted his imperfections. And so verse number 13, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal this, uh, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Paul reflected on his past and the grace that had been extended to him. We must see our past with the lens of the spirit reflecting the grace that God has extended to us. Paul acknowledged his former way of life. He highlighted his persecutions, the harm he had caused, but he also emphasized the power of Christ's forgiveness and the redemption he personally experienced. So many of us acknowledge our past but won't accept the grace God extends to us. So if we're going to learn from the past, the second thing we must do is embrace forgiveness. Embrace forgiveness is seek forgiveness from others and extend forgiveness to yourself. I want you to hear this. I seek forgiveness to others. And sometimes they forgive us. Now, we're not talking about the consequences, we're talking about uh, extending, asking for forgiveness when, it's, when you can, but many of us are dealing with the shame, guilt, and, and what happens is we ask for forgiveness, and that person may or may not forgive us, but what I'm seeing is we ask for forgiveness, and yet we are carrying the burdens of what we did with us. Now, it's one thing to carry it with you, but it's another thing to negate the forgiveness that God extends through Christ Jesus. And that's where many of us get stuck at. You don't know what I did. I don't know what you did, but he does, and he still offers grace towards you. And so what happens, in, and Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as Christ, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. 
Now, we often extend that to other people. I don't want to have uh, bitterness towards anyone, rage against anyone, anger against anyone, harsh words against anyone. I don't want to slander anyone. But what about what you do to yourself? If we're going to walk in freedom, if I had a megaphone to the thoughts you had about yourself, would we all be ashamed to hear it? God wants us to be free. And whom the sun sets free. And so in this account, Paul experienced a radical transformation. He not only recognized the depth of his sins and the need for repentance, but he also understood the grace of God, received forgiveness for his past actions, and was given a new identity as a follower of Christ. Beloved, You have a new identity in Christ. I need for you to say this to yourself. Put your hands on your heart and say, I have a new identity in Christ, period. No comma to that statement. You and I are new creations, and it's hard for us to affect the, to understand the, the fact that if I have to be loving to this person, I have to be loving to this person, I have to be kind to this person, and you, we're so harsh to ourselves. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, Paul writes, In him, say, in him, we have redemption. In him, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance to the riches of God's grace. Paul understood that forgiveness, say forgiveness, is a gift. Paul understood that. It's a gift freely given by God. It's not something that we earn or achieve through human efforts. It is a gift. And many times we have this gift that we refuse to open. When, the, when God, through God's grace, we have, we have been made righteous, through God's grace, we are forgiven, through God's grace, um, we can walk in freedom, but it's up to us to access the gift that he freely gives. Paul embraced forgiveness. Verse number 15, therefore let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. God's forgiveness is the key that unlocks the chains of guilt and shame that bind us. In his infinite love and mercy, he offers us forgiveness and restoration. I love the psalmist who put it this way, as far as the east is from the west, So far has he removed our transgressions from us. Listen, beloved, God's forgiveness is complete. Period. And when we embrace it, it can release the weight of our past mistakes. God's forgiveness has the power to remove shame and guilt in several ways. He can cleanse us. He redeems us. He justifies us. He gives us a new identity. And healing and restoration is offered. 
He offers comfort and peace to those who are burdened by guilt and shame, transforming our brokenness into wholeness. So let go. As we learn from the past, we embrace forgiveness. The T is trust in God's plan. Place your trust in God's guidance and surrender the past into his hands. Proverbs uh, chapter 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So when Paul says, I'm reaching forward, he's literally trusting God to deal with what he has to let go to reach forward. I don't know if you have to let go, but here's what I learned about people. People will build a prison for you because of what you did. And they become your Lord. And what we have to be able to do is I have to acknowledge my past and the wrong that I've done. Absolutely. But if he has forgiven me, ah, man, see, see, here's my challenge. My challenge is just because I'm forgiven by him does not mean I just don't care about you. And what people want to be able to do is put you in prison, keep you in there. So, so when you get a blessing, you can't even share it. When God moves in your life, you... Because for some of us, we feel like we don't deserve it. Because you don't know what the, those people know about me. But it's the freedom that Christ offers. What if Paul would have succumbed to the fact that the apostles early were skeptical of him? What if Paul would have said, you know what, it's too much, they don't trust me, they don't believe me, and I'm going to abort and abandon the will of God because of people. Freedom is accessible. And here's what, our salvation is eternally secured. But your ability to walk in freedom isn't. That's up to you. Man, what I'm seeing, Tiffany is that many of us are so bound by our past, we can't enjoy the present. We, man, like, I'm, 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 I'm hitting a nerve. And, 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 and here's the thing. As we acknowledge our past and embrace God's forgiveness, we are empowered to press forward. See, I, see Paul has to trust God that God is going to deal with his naysayers. Paul had to trust God that everything he did, that he's given it to God, God has it. So if I go into the city and they remind me of who I am, at the end of the day, I have to trust God's plan. And so many of us are lording over our own lives because we refuse to let go. What if I see the seeds of what I've done? You still, you and I still have to see the grace of God working in our lives. You and I cannot negate the power of the cross. Yeah. 
And when we begin to, to pull back, when we begin to play ourselves small, when we begin to demean who we are in Christ, we're negating the cross. The cross covers it all. And I'm trying to get us to see that there's an authority that we have to walk in. You, the, the bags slow us down. The bags make us feel like we don't deserve to be at the table. The table is an invite from your father. You don't have to prove your worth and your mistakes don't define your worth. See, the reason why we have to tell our stories, because our past can describe us, but it cannot define us. My past indicates the areas of my life that I, listen, from the bankruptcy, from the, from the, from the blindness, all those things, it's the reason why we can experience grace now. I used to wonder why the old folks should say it's scripture if it had not been. For the Lord that's on my side, tell me where would I be? Because what they recognize is, huh, I'm not where I, I am because of my own effort. Paul says, make every effort to hold on to it, but he didn't recognize I haven't held on. It's Christ holding on to me. And so this is when Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind he referred to not looking back at past relationships, memories, failures, or temptations, yeah, anything that might distract from a single-minded focus on the upward call. We romanticize nostalgia, the good old days. But we're living in today, and we can hold on to what things were or we can pursue what things ought to be by following Jesus Christ. So, so the word forgetting means the missing from the mind or paying no attention to. To forget in this way is to stop dwelling on something. The direction of our journey is greatly influenced by the focus of our gaze. If you look, keep looking back, you may see how far you've come, but you're currently not going anywhere because you can't keep looking back moving forward. You have to decide to move forward. And I don't know who's here for who needs to hear this, and I'm going to say it twice. Mistakes don't define your worth as a person. Say it again. Mistakes don't define your worth as a person. Paul's trust in God's plan was deeply rooted in his faith and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Throughout his life, Paul encountered numerous challenges, hardships, and uncertainties. But he constantly, consistently demonstrated his unwavering trust in God. Learn from your past, embrace forgiveness, trust in God. Paul's trust in God's plan was demonstrated through his surrender, perseverance, and unwavering belief in God's faithfulness. And his life serves as an example of how trusting in God's plan provides strength, hope, and guidance, even in the most challenging circumstances. 
learn from the past, embrace forgiveness, trust God's plan. G, gratitude for the present. You and I have to cultivate an attitude of gratitude for the present moment and the blessings in your life. First Thessalonians 5 and 18, give thanks in all circumstances. I got a problem with that. That's hard, Reverend. Give thanks in all circumstances. I you to breathe that in for a moment. How can we give thanks in all? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How? We have to be in Christ Jesus. Paul demonstrated gratitude for his presence by cultivating a mindset of thankfulness and contentment regardless of his circumstances, despite facing various trials. Remember, Paul is writing this letter in prison. And one way Paul expressed gratitude was by focusing on the blessings and the provisions of God in his life. Uh, in Philippians chapter 1, um, verse number 3, he says, I thank my God every time that I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in and every situation. Paul's contentment allowed him to appreciate and give thanks for what he had in the present moment, rather than constantly longing for something different or better. Paul's gratitude for the present was rooted in his understanding of God's sovereignty and trust in his plan. This perspective enabled him to appreciate the present as an opportunity for growth, service, and experiencing God's grace. Ultimately, Paul's gratitude for the present was not dependent on external circumstances, but on his deep relationship with God. You recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from God and viewed each day as a precious gift to be grateful for. Let go. Learn from the past. Embrace forgiveness. Trust in God's plan. Gratitude for the present. And finally, open yourself to healing. Allow yourself to heal emotionally, mentally, spiritually. In Psalms 147 and 3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. This is what Paul did. Paul opened himself up to healing by acknowledging his weaknesses, seeking God's help, and relying on the power of Christ. Despite, despite his strong faith and dedication to his mission, Paul was not exempt from physical and emotional afflictions. Second um, Corinthians 12 speaks of Paul having a thorn in his flesh that tormented him, and he continued to pray and ask God to remove it. He pleaded and pleaded and pleaded. And this is how God responded. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. What we consider a weakness, God uses it for his glory. 
So when we are, so when we are in this position to, to let go of this baggage, we have to understand why God has allowed it to happen. Even when we don't understand why God allowed it to happen. And that's hard for us because Paul demonstrated his willingness to receive healing and strength. He, he said in, um, uh, in Philippians chapter 4.13, I can do all things through Christ that gives me, uh, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Paul understood that his own abilities were limited, but with Christ, all things were possible. He surrendered his weaknesses to the Lord, allowing Christ's power to work through him and bring healing, whether physical, emotional, or spiritual. This journey of healing allowed Paul to open himself up for an example to us. It reminds us of the importance of acknowledging our vulnerabilities, seeking support, and prayers from others. This is how we're able to let the baggage go. And so, so many of us are struggling with the baggage of past mistakes. You can learn from those mistakes. You can, you can literally, and, and this is why it's important to see it from the lens of the Spirit. Those past mistakes can pull you away or keep you still. But I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to open you up so that you can be healed, so that we can be healed. Because the past is impacting our present. That distortion that we have with relationships, that inability to do dot, 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 the, the, the uh, areas of our life that we feel like we haven't let go. If, if we want to, if we want to at least reduce the weight of our mistakes, we have to embrace the grace that he offers. That concludes this week's message. If you are blessed by anything you heard in today's podcast and you feel like to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. And if you are in Kannapolis, Charlotte, or surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina, Sundays at 1033. You can also join us online Sundays on Facebook and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to us and also check us out on Instagram under Think Kingdom. As always, you can go back and hear this message and so many more right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.